Welcome to A Chat with Benedetta, featuring our founder, Julia Fowler. In this podcast, we discuss everything you need to know about skincare, who and why Benedetta, and how to get the best use out of your Benedetta products for vibrant, timeless skin. done that in a while we haven't i do love it (laughs) (laughs) i should have used a a different megahertz because that one's a little loud and probably doesn't translate well so i don't i'm happy with it so happy it just totally brings us into zen so hello everyone welcome back to the podcast yeah welcome see that one's different yeah i like that one center ourselves so we've been doing a lot of uh, talking recently this week, sort of um, about speaking to inaccuracy is the mm. way that you put it to me. And so there's this idea and this sort of tr- you know, trend, dare I say, mm-hmm. within um, not just, you know, the skincare industry, but I think within sort of wellness, wellness. and health, like, you know, the quote unquote health and wellness, which has just mm-hmm. sort of become a shorthand for you know, whatever people want it to mean, basically. Mm-hmm. But all of that whole industry and that sort of lifestyle choices, there have been these phrases that are like buzzwords that are said over and over and over again that ultimately mean nothing. Like someone can say, it's, it's natural, it's organic, it's holistic, it's meaningless if you don't put the context in with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and you were talking to me about how sometimes... You know, you, it's like we use those words within our, you know, within our product listings, within our content, the mm-hmm. blogs, the podcast, you know, mm-hmm. all of that. And we use all of these phrases that, you know, are used in a sort of contextless, meaningless form in other places. You know, like mm-hmm. you see other people use the phrase holistic, farm sourced, mm-hmm. organic, mm-hmm. biodynamic. Mm-hmm. I see those other words other places, but they they lose meaning when they're devoid from from the context, but also from the knowledge that behind them, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to carry it on, yeah, to speak to the truth of what it is, right? It's it's anything. I mean, you can have. I mean, we're we're the culture of hyperbole. We're the culture mm-hmm. of like, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's like this. It's like the that. culture I mean, of I, like. I. That's uh, <laughs> great. <laughs> You know, where we just kind of uh, condense our language, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So there's that. And it's then, shorthand. And then it's shorthand. And then there's the, because we're just all so busy. Mm-hmm. And then there's the perception of truth. And I really think it's a perception of truth. And without getting political, because people have different political views, there's a perception of truth, absolutely, yeah. in where we live. And in this country and others, there's a perception of, I mean, there could be conspiracy theories. Some people will point a finger at one group, another will point it at the other and go, wow, that's just a bunch of conspiracy. Mm -hmm. But there's so much distruth, untruth, when it comes to self-serving, right? Mm -hmm. The narcissist is only going to serve himself. And they're going to create... a vibe, if you will, or they're going to create a dogma of what's real, and they're going to, and they're usually very magnanimous, magnetic human beings, right? And they're going to attract to them 
that magnetism by possibly saying lies, by possibly lying. Mm -hmm. And so truth is a perception, you know. Then you get down to the gritty nitty, you know, whatever. Uh, gritty nitty? No. Nitty gritty. Nitty gritty. Thank you so much. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> Their perception of language. Yeah. <laughs> Just mixing it up. Um, so I think it's important to know what's real and what isn't real and how we perceive things and deep dig a little deeper mm -hmm. to ask more questions. So I find myself doing a lot of Q&As for people. Um, we have just decided this week that our Q&As are going to be recorded. And I think that is the only way to get that dissemination of information to be accurate. Right. Because yeah. if somebody is talking about Benedetta and talking to the founder of Benedetta and the why of Benedetta, if they get a few words mixed up or just completely do the fallback, it's like a default mechanism in our brain that we use these certain key words. You may hear me say yeah. holistic, and then you use it as a default to describe something. Right. I can't and remember exactly what just, she said, but yeah. I'm sure if holistic, holistic was in there. works. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, where it gets a little bit more straining is if somebody uses a wrong product for a different product, then it's like, oh, that's not true. And you know, look, we live in a world of disclaimers. So we have our disclaimers on our website. We're trying to be a little bit more savvy about having them on every single product. So when we make new labels, I'm constantly saying, have a caution. Really? A caution that nobody eats this? Obviously, you're not going to eat this. Well, we live in a world, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that, I think it's really important, you know, people ask, you know, what did you get out of living in an ashram? What did you get out of, you know, how did you come up with the formulas when there was no internet to find three billion formulas online, right? Um, really very few books, little written information. Uh, the whole science behind even the essential oil makeups was very limited and really old from the Gunther books back in the 50s, you know? And then they were limited to the essential oils that were available then, which weren't as many as are available now. So it's easy for us to take a gas chromatograph and look at the dissection of a plant material and be able to quantifiably, you know, know every percentage at a hundredth of a percent uh, maybe I'm wrong about a hundredth, but you know, a very small percentage of what those constituents are. So you can literally map out what a botanical looks like by this technology, right? Mm -hmm. By this equipment. And that's really important because you can see if there's falsification in that. You can see if there's too much aldehyde in something or too much of a phenol that you may not want at all or camphor is something people could relate to. So let's say there's camphor constituents. Well, one year to another, there could be more camphor in it. That's fact-finding. There's a fact. That's written. That's measured. So what do we measure? So when we look at sides politically or whatever, and we're like, ah, oh, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie. And you have people just going, you're a liar. No, you're a liar. No, you are. But then if you look and go back through video, and you see that the, whatever person has created that lie, you can see it. There it is. Mm -hmm. Here it is. Here's the fact. We should be able genuinely to feel from a place of our hearts and know what is real and what is true. 
And I think we are in a um, community, uh, we are of the thinking, you know, I mean, how do you, who do you call us, you know? What category can we put ourselves in? The farm sourced category? <laughs> the Benedetta, the blessed category, you know, the new agers, you know? I, I don't like being called a new ager, but I guess I am compared to some thinking. Are we called progressives, right? Do we right, think yeah. from our heart first and then match it with fact? You know, Benedetta came directly from inspiration. I mean, it's lonely lately and after 30 years of doing this, have people said, you know, I've been hearing this a lot lately, people that come to us that want to bring in the line or our customers, you know, and they'll say, this seems inspired, or they'll say, this seems channeled. It's another term. And I have to admit, yeah, that's really a good way to put it. You know, this was really my calling, and there was something that happened in the quietest part of my soul, if you will, and the, the deepest part of my breath or where our breath connects to source, right? That just awakened this knowledge in me to know how to marry botanicals together. I mean, that's inspired. But it really wasn't until the inspiration was put on paper and then I cross-referenced everything botanically and chemically. I did that. I had to. I still do. Um, to see if there was a match and I've never had a problem. I've backed off percentages. I've had to do that. Um, but I've, I've always pretty much intuitively known what would marry well together. And then when I go into those constituents, I could see. Unfortunately, we live in an age where there's not enough data. You mm -hmm. know, I'm always void of that. I get really frustrated when I search online um, and try to find as much data as I can. Um, so I'm kind of sidetracking like I always do, but and tie it into Benedetta and not just be this philosopher, you know, mm -hmm. podcast. Yeah. But there, there are those of us, and I would like to build a culture of people or just be aligned with those people, let's put it that way, not that I have to build anything. But there are those of us who think from our heart and want to and want to be around others who think the same way because you are the company you keep. And I think there's power in numbers. When you get a collective amount of people to sit in reverence in a church, let's say, which I am not uh, of any political denomination or religion, but if I were, I mean, something I remember as a child going to Catholic school, Catholic churches, that there was such a reverence, and it was the reverence that I attached myself to. And it was the reverence in mm -hmm. those churches that made me want to find that in my life. I think that's what led me to the path I'm on and, and to you know an ashram eventually and the teacher that I found. I mean, all of that was intentional and part of the journey. Uh, but wherever we come together with like-minded in that heartful place, it's magic. And so the more of us that are speaking truth and knowing the difference, don't you know, and, and I think a lot of this came up because everybody now, the trend is antioxidants and phytonutrients. And I realize I've been saying these words for decades. Mm -hmm. And now that they've become, you know, rhetoric, just almost nonsensical, I feel that I need to dissect it a little bit more yeah. and speak to it and the why of them. Uh, the good news is that when you use the term antioxidant, people do understand that. Mm -hmm. And then we could talk about 
you know, well, what kind of an antioxidant? The ones that are made in a lab or the ones that are grown on the planet, you know, that are here to serve us? Seriously. I mean, there's pretty much everything you need in this botanical world to serve us, you know, um, and to, you know, in a way, antidote some of the evil effects of some of the drugs that we are inundated and taking, you know. I mean, there is no mistake that we have greater diseases, greater... Um, you know, autoimmune is one in three. Every woman will have some sort of thyroid, you know, low thyroid typically in their lifespan. Uh, hormones are all over the place. I mean, we just need to balance on all levels. And, uh, you know, for me, I chose the skincare path because it was in my face to do that. You know, I was working with you know, someone who was doing preventative medicine and wanted to do facial repatterning on people. I had actually worked with two different people like this and was trained in this so-called facial repatterning uh, to, you know, uh, help stimulate some of the chi in the facial muscles. And, and you know, it worked with, uh, with diet and other things. Um, and then I became, you know, I, I studied Jinshin just so that I could, you know, see a different perspective within that meridian field do it bilaterally and see, you know, what what the effects of that would be and, you know, working on the skin um, and then becoming an esthetician. Uh, it was really apparent that there were no products that I felt um, that I could use. So for me, I just, I really brought it down to simplification of oils and essentials. Uh, and I hear that all the time. People are just taking oils and essentials and doing it now. You know, it, it was at one time there were few of us, and now there are many. Um, the difference is, is that I took it to a completely different level, you know, and I had this intuition, if you will, or this knowledge that I didn't want to use things that were too hot. I wanted to be very mindful of the oils and how they worked well together, not just merely throw things together and say, ah, it's antioxidant, it's this, it's that, it's blah, blah, blah. Because we are so easy, easily, um, we are a culture of sheep and parrots, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think when, you know, somebody comes along like Apple, as an, you know, I mean, you, you may, I have a lot of things to say about what I don't like about Apple and technology, but I can also say that they really did change uh, the way we perceive things, you know, um, the, they they did have a slogan, we think differently, and they certainly did, and took a broad stroke in creating something that wasn't super popular in the beginning, you know, their IMAX, I mean, they didn't really, um, you know, at least up here <clears throat> in Northern California, nobody really embraced it until really the the iPod and the, you know, the new phones that just went completely blank, sorry, <laughs> um, you know, uh, came about. I mean, the iPad, the iPhone, the iPod, and it just changed the way people thought and really everybody, I mean, who doesn't have a smartphone, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we see very few with flip phones. So they changed the culture of the way we thought about computers. Um, and I, I just think it's good to, you know, I raised my kids actually to ask questions, not be arrogant, but, you know, don't be afraid to ask a question. Don't be afraid to think differently. Don't be afraid to question the status quo. 
I mean, I used to question the Catholic Church. Mommy, how come that guy's talking and these people can't talk? You know, and I'd point to the nuns that mm-hmm. would teach me a catechism. And I just didn't think it was fair. I was already a liberal. <laughs> you know, <laughs> get them up there. Why is he talking so much? You know, I mean, I was three. That was a st- I don't remember that, but that was the story I had to hear my entire life. You know, oh my God, you embarrassed us. Your grandmother dragged you out of the church. And I was like, I have no memory of that. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I could see me doing that. You know, it's like, that doesn't seem fair. I'm sick of t- listening to that guy talk all the time. <laughs> These guys have something to say. You know? <laughs> so it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that we are all on a path of discovery and honesty. And, you know, challenge challenge it. I mean, we've been talking to just even get ourselves out there. We have been talking about doing ads that are a little more challenging than I never would have done years ago, even two years ago. You know, this, we are the original, we create an industry that didn't start before us. I mean, that's hard to do. It's easier to just be humble and, and just, you know, hope people find you. But this, to have a business that is thriving and prosperous this is this is a militant, challenging thing. Mm-hmm. And I've found myself to be a little bit more militant, especially that there are opportunists out there, a, a word coined by you no. to get this job, and it's true. You know, there are far too many opportunists. I think I don't feel that people are, are literally, I think most people really have a kind heart and they feel that they can make something and they want to share it. Um, you know, I don't really want the FDA to regulate every little thing we do and make it more difficult. I mean, I really don't. At the same time, I think it makes it really hard for legitimate companies to get a say. I watch people walk by our stand in Maker's Row and they just like, oh yeah, right. You have, and now it's in, you know, this glass everyone has. So yes, I find it uh, that sometimes you do need to take a stand and be empowered. I find that people don't stand up for the truth ever. Our media doesn't do it. You know, everybody, everybody, I don't care what side you're on, has some selfish intent. And that's something to say. When you create something from your heart, when you're making a beautiful dish at Thanksgiving and you know that there are people that are going to partake or you own a farm-to-table restaurant and the whole reason you do it is because you want to serve people good food, and you're there to do that. You own a juice bar. Yes, there's a financial gain in that. You know it or you wouldn't do it. But your first instinct is to serve. That's magic. That's beautiful. And I think we need to to get back to that. You know, and I think people should really seriously question, you know. Um, but in this case, you know, people want to know if it's going to work, you know, when it comes to, you know, the creator of a of a skincare company Mm -hmm. you know we're just trying to change the language of what we do because we don't want to be in line with so much even some of the clean skincare so-called clean skincare because it is you know using organic uh, botanicals does not mean that it's healthy for your skin yeah there is something to be said for that and when we talk about antioxidants you know people talk about a e you know vitamin a vitamin e you know, we talk about carotenoids, you know, carrot, you know, we're getting retinoids out of the A. I mean, that is definitely pharmaceutical. So if you think retinoids are, are antioxidants, no, they aren't. 
you know, and then, and then you have to dissect it. So you can talk to someone who said, oh, I don't know why I get sick all the time. I eat really well. And then you ask what they eat. Well, to Kaiser, they eat really well. You know, they're limiting the amount of red meat. They, you know, they eat, they, but they still have a high sugar, mm-hmm. <laughs> high salt diet. Now, probably not high salt, right? Because that would be the Kaiser way, you know, limit your sodium. Um, looking at what they perceive to be heart health. So everyone has a different perception of that. Then something like gluten becomes super popular. So everybody decides to take gluten out of their diet, but they have a lot of sugar in their diet because they're eating gluten-free things that are just high amount of sugar. You know, really? So I think we just have misperception. Yeah, and it's I, like the signifier of one thing does not automatically uh, necessitate or indicate the actual full health full health benefit. Yeah. It's, yeah yeah just because something's organic doesn't mean it's you know fully healthy or just yeah, because that's a subject yeah, yeah. just because something's gluten-free doesn't mean it's good for you necessarily not if not it's at full all. of sugar just because you're vegan doesn't mean you know what you're doing and that it's healthy right exactly right? so what is it that you are are eating are you getting a fair amount of raw you know do you feel you live in a high cold high altitude cold climate when I, I've said this before, I moved from Southern California. I was basically eating raw food and juicing wheatgrass. I had my own wheatgrass juicer. And I get to Boulder and everybody's macrobiotic. It's like polar opposites, you know? It's just different point of view, mm-hmm. different culture, different thinking, you know? Then years ago, the blood typing came out and that made sense too, but it wasn't complete, you know? Each of us. You know, depending on our ethnicity, you know, I can handle pasta. I love it. It doesn't bother me. Could I eat it every day, three times a day? No, (laughs) I don't think I could. But I grew up eating it, and so somehow my body metabolizes it just fine. Do I drink a big glass of green drink before? Possibly. Maybe an hour before I might do some greens. So I, I mix and match and know what is beneficial for me do I go off the wagon and have too much of one thing over another on occasion because there isn't food and I'm working too hard or I'm traveling yes that happens it happens to all of us you know give yourself a break but I think it's just that self-monitoring of what goes in our body what goes on our body stop following trends unless they're truthful question it You know, I'm not here to say that this is a bad thing that everyone's talking about phytonutrients, okay? It's inspiring when there's truth coming out of it. I listened to some guy, I think I mentioned him, this doctor, right? Because he caught my attention. And I had to listen to this whole thing, which I really hate that in marketing. I will never be that person that does that. Where you're, it's like, okay, okay, next, next, next. It's a good 15, 20 minutes of listening to this guy talk. Finally, at the end, he pitches what he wants to sell you. And sure as hell enough, it was a skincare product. And I went on Amazon to look at the skincare product, and it had numerous bad reviews. And then I looked at the ingredients and went, oh my God, you wasted my time. You're full of crap. I'll say it out loud. Some of the the pull, the hook he was using to get people in was relevant but he didn't really substantiate it and he certainly didn't put it in his product because it was just laced with a bunch of junk. 
So any amount of viable nutrient that was in this product is wasted, and I can't even imagine that it would work just based on looking at it, looking at the ingredients that he allowed to be on the website, let alone what isn't on the website, what, what wasn't on Amazon, basically. So, you know, kind of that petrochemical soup, uh, why would you do that? You know, that's a big, huge part of my formulation, really a big deal in the beginning. You know, I, I don't want to talk about it again because I talk about it too much. Um, but it's so relevant to vitality, mm -hmm. you know. And if we talk about the vitality of our, of our bodies, I mean, the thing I didn't like about macrobiotics, uh, what I knew of it, what I did get out of it, and what everybody is now, is the pickling aspect, you know. There's some pickling aspects. Um, and that's really good, the probiotic of things. So people are, are inundated with so much probiotic now that some, of, some people are not doing well with it, right? So you have to find your balance. There has to be a balance in what we do. We're so about following a group, and I certainly do not want to just create another group in a way. I want to have a collaborative of other thinkers, you know, of other heart people that have companies or, you know, are students or, you know, whatever it is, wherever we're at on this planet, whatever we're doing, you know, it matters. It really does. And how we can collaborate together, we become stronger and more knowledgeable. So there's certainly a, a fair amount that I don't know and why I want to bring in those who do and share in the conversation of health and wellness really, which has everything to do with our health, our wellness, our spirits, you know, uh, this stressful time on mm -hmm. the planet. I really think it is. I don't think anybody gets out without some measure of stress or they're deluding themselves. If you care about your fellow man, if you care about, you know, the planet at all, I mean, we're in a, a crisis. This is a crisis, you know, when we talk about um, the earth and uh, climate. You know, you can't, that's a really good subject. I didn't want to get political, but come on. You know, you have two schools of thought. One, dig a little deeper. That's all I have to say. Dig a little deeper. Because those who are in favor of coal and those who are in favor of this, this is a big hoax, conspiracy, dig a little deeper to the pockets of the people that are speaking. This is all about selfish serving. You know, if they have children and grandchildren and more, they should really be thinking outside of that. I would hope that people are just that stupid and not malicious, but I think that there is a fair amount of malicious out there mm -hmm. because we are in a crisis for our livelihood. And I know this because I am a purveyor of botanical ingredients. And I know and have known since for 20 years, 20 more, that purchasing of some of my botanicals are compromised because of climate. I've seen small farmers who have had their businesses for years and years lose their business because of climate. So it is relevant and it does affect all of us. And it affects our skin and the protection of our skin. And then insult to injury, we're told to use sunscreens, right? Yeah. And then what does that do? Oh, let me see. You could talk. Let me look and see if Allison sent this over to me. Right. Well, you know, uh, I even, you know, for years, I haven't really used, I never really used sunscreen because I have bad reactions to them. Or I don't know, I, when I was younger, I just didn't go outside very much. But uh, so maybe I instinctually, like part of me knew, 
Like, but this whole idea of you put so much chemical sunscreen on your face, um, and, you know, maybe it's blocking, you know, harmful sun rays, but is that, you know, you're still getting all those toxins in your skin. You know, it's yeah. the sort of thing we were just talking about, how just because something's organic doesn't mean it's good for you. So right. it's like just because this thing is protecting you from getting, you know, sunburns, helping to prevent against cancer, that sort of thing. Yes, but there's also all these chemicals going into your into your so skin, I'm going to read this because this was in an article in one of um, a trade magazine that that gets sent to me that I subscribe to. I, I don't know if I ever did, but I get them. Um, and this is really interesting to me because you know it's you don't typically hear anything negative about sunscreens, especially from the FDA, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the reef ones. You know, I forget the term that Allison used with that one. What did she say? You have that. Right I wrote it down somewhere. It was a cool. She knew this because she's a surfer. But anyway, my daughter was recently in Maui, and they wouldn't allow a, a numerous amount of sunscreens, and said we prefer that you just come into the water with zinc oxide on. Um, and she she brought a sunscreen on the boat to go over to the reef and they wouldn't let her put it on, Mm. which she already knows, you know, she couldn't find the zinc. She's wherever she was staying, but she uses the ombre and didn't really care. Right. And they actually said, you know, you should put it on before you come, but she brought it and they wouldn't let her use it. But anyway, so this is under, um, so here's the article and I'll just, kind of read through it. Um, Sunscreen scrutiny, a small pilot study conducted by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and published online in the Journal of American Medical Association, so the FDA and the AMA, has found that after just one day of use, four chemicals commonly used in commercially available sunscreens enter the bloodstream at significant levels and continue to rise daily. So they don't go away, guys. During the trial, 24, sorry, my glasses are a little, okay, there we go. Uh, During the trial, 24 volunteers were randomly assigned to apply either one or two sprays or lotion or cream to 75% of the body four times a day for four days. Blood tests were conducted over the course of a week to determine how much avobenzone, oxybenzone and octocrylene and emusol, I'm not familiar with that one, ecomsol, I've never heard that, I'm going to have to look that up, was absorbed into the bloodstream and results showed plasma levels exceeding the FDA's established threshold of 0.5 milliliter or milligrams. These results do not indicate that individuals should refrain. This is the ending. (laughs) These results do not indicate that individuals should refrain from the use of sunscreens, wrote the authors, and further investigation is, is being led. That's how they ended it. And I laughed really loudly when I read that because, of course. (laughs) But just the fact that they published that in the AMA, in the American Journal of of the Medical Association, is pretty telling. So that says to somebody that what you put on your skin goes into your bloodstream and doesn't go away. Um, 33 years ago, when I started this whole process, I created my first product, 
about two years in, so let's say 30 years ago, 31 years ago, when I reached out to uh, other, you know, um, cosmetic chemists, uh, people that were um, kind of the leading edge of certain suppliers that actually supplied botanicals, and I talked to tech chemists and stuff, it was unbelievable to me that everybody had this banter that what you put on your skin, especially in min minerals, right, because there were so many mineral oils and horrible things in the late 70s and, and 80s people still were using, um, that, that the molecule was too large to penetrate through the skin. And I remember always asking that question, here's that same little kid that's going, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> I challenged that thought. <laughs> And these people knew more than me, right? They'd make mm -hmm. billions and millions of dollars on what they were doing. And I just didn't jive, didn't feel right. And here we go, okay? Mm -hmm. It penetrates, it gets in. What do we see with parabens? What did the Dr. Darber studies show that we have on, online? And what started this whole thing about creating the Ombre del Soleil line? I mean, I started with the Ombre, uh, was this idea that you needed to penetrate into the bloodstream penetrate into the deeper layers of the skin and deeper cells to regenerate and protect at those levels. You know, protecting meaning engulfing and ridding of free radical damage. That's really what bioavailable antioxidants will do if they're food grade, if they're bioavailable. You know, if it's something that has been processed from nature appropriately. So yes, it should be organic and biodynamic because it should be processed appropriately. So I'm counting on that going into your bloodstream. What's a delivery system? You know, what are those essentials doing? Are they aiding that benefit for that to go in a little bit further? Yes, they are. There's a system behind it. It works that way. But do I want to take one of these chemicals? Do I want a paraben? Do I want a sunblock to also be delivered into my bloodstream? Because I would never use one of these. You know, people are like, why don't you just add a little SPF? Well, I could, but then it would bastardize what I'm doing. Why mm -hmm. would I do that? Why would I deliver that into deeper layers, right? So you use this before you use this, but don't use this. If you're going to use anything, use zinc. That is a large molecule. That is something that is going to cover, because that's what you want. You want to cover or use material. I have an idea for that, but that's a whole different patent. Um, but yeah, use a cover. Use this underneath to protect you from that. Zinc oxide is yeah. not healthy. It's going to dehydrate your skin. Your makeup is going to dehydrate your skin. I see it every day. I feel like running after people that go, oh, no, thank you. You know, I don't want your brochure. I don't want to talk to you. And I just want to go, you have no idea what I'm here to give you. Mm -hmm. It's so frustrating for me. Honestly, I have to say that in my, at my age and re reaching out to people. I see people my age and I'm like, oh, my God, you need hydration. Please, please, can I spray you? Can I... Just convince you of what I why I'm here. I did this to two people. We're at Prana this weekend. We were there last weekend, and these lovely, lovely people came in. You know, a little older, and the one guy had, um, you know, I could see it on his face. He had just had some, you know, a, a melanoma cut out of his skin. That's terrifying, right? 
because we don't have, we have thinner skin on our face than we do on our ass or on our thighs. And so it's, it's no fun to have somebody cut part of your nose out, okay? It's terrifying, it's terrifying. And of course, they're gonna say, you know, now you use this block every day. The guy had a full-on fledge hat, right? We were in the city, I don't think it was that sunny. She had like a white, she looked white. They both looked like they were loaded up, loaded up. And uh, I was there, I, I didn't really have the ombre on me there, uh, but I had the brochures and I gave them the brochures and they scrutinized me and I was happy to be scrutinized uh, and said, this is my belief, this is what I believe. You know, this is what we have seen to work very beneficially over the years. It actually does filter the UVA and UVB rays, it does. Do I believe you should have it in your skin when you're on a boat? No, yes, put it underneath, sorry but use that zinc after. But do you need to use zinc every day when you're wearing a hat? You're not in the sun. You just happen to walk into a store that has fluorescent lighting. Oh my God, help. You know, so now you're blanketing with these toxins or do you use our three-step system? Yes, please. I would love to see this. I can say this here. I'm not putting it in writing. You know, there's way too much liability. But we've been using this system for at least 15, 16, 18, I don't remember, we'll have to look how long we created the first Ombra, you know. Um, it, it, by virtue of what it does, is gonna help filter, right? It just does, just the, the, the raw materials by itself. It's proven to do this. Would I be laying in the sun like a sun worshiper for an hour? No, well, I probably, if I were, <laughs> even though I'm not that person anymore, um, I would trust this, but I can't, I don't want sun worshipers to be doing that. I want them to, to use the zinc. I mean, we do have liability, but what is going to protect you, you know, from that? And should you be using some of our, and we call them antioxidant oils, even though I want to change the name now. Um, we've had them for years, you know, as long as you're using our system, underneath your makeup, you're better for it. And at night, if you're using the serum and the crystal radiance after you've cleansed your skin, you're better for it, you know? This is the best I know how to do for your skin, for the health of your skin. And, and so by and large, my communication with these lovely people was basically that. I said, go to the Fairy Building, get some samples. You know, don't take my word for it. You know, because I think what's challenging for me is having this understanding and knowledge and creating a product that I've had for decades, product line and individual products that I know work, but they, they go against the status quo. How dare you make a control cream, a, a product that doesn't have salicylic or benzoic acid in it? How dare you? That goes against the status quo of what we know to be healthy for or not healthy but to rid our skin of, of bacteria infections, you know? Well, I, I wasn't looking at what you guys do before I made this. I wanted something that wasn't what you do. You know, we made a head lice product. And I, had, and I made all these bottles. And the bottles said, um, safe and effective, no pyrethrum. And so they got flagged. And I had to get rid of them because the monograph, for head lice products, you have to use pyrethrum. So I talked to the guy who wrote the monograph for the NYX company, this is all true. And he said, if you just use 2% pyrethrum, 
you can say safe and effective on your bottle. Just just use the 2%. I said, why would I use the 2%? I actually literally made this product 100% botanical that works. This is so many years ago. Now there's a thousand of products, right? But this is still a very effective product. I said, why would I do that when I, I made this? Because I didn't want people to use pyrithum. He said, well... You know, it's derived from chrysanthemums. I said, yeah, and if a dog or a small animal ate those chrysanthemums that it's from, they'd die. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me that this is an isolate, and I, I, you know, so I'm not allowed. So I couldn't say safe and effective. Um, I continued to say no pyrethrum, and we still have that product. It's kind of an underground product, but... Um, and now we don't even have the stores we sold to since Amazon took over Whole Foods. So we literally, that's a whole different conversation we have to have when we're done with the podcast. But, you know, I made it for other moms. You know, I raised three kids. They had it. It was horrible. I didn't want to put that poison on my kid's head and get it, let that get into their bloodstream. I mean, what are we doing, right? So you find a solution, you know, the mother of invention. You see what needs to be done and you do it. And that works, you know whatever is in nature so yeah didn't want to use it didn't want to use the pyrethrum that he was saying i really feel sorry for you my product liability dropped me i got another which was better so everything was good but that was a tough year Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was a tough year so it's not easy thinking differently and going out on a limb and saying i see something differently you know i see that we need to thrive on healthy foods, you know, anybody who has the argument that we were born carnivorous is a joke to me, you know, so that, again, we have two different perspectives on that. I don't think in the age we're in, and talk about climate crisis, it would help our climate quite a bit if you could decrease that just a little. Yeah. Right? So there's more than, and that would be selfless, okay? So that's a selfless act, you know? We recycle for ourselves, we recycle for each other, right? Mm -hmm. We don't think me, we think us. That's the difference, you know? So, anyway, we got off on, did we hit any points or did I just... We did, we hit hit all the points and then extended, actually. (laughs) Yeah, so we did get to everything. So we got to that because we wanted to talk about the sunscreens, and that just kind of flew in. Yeah, but no, we we did hit everything. I think that sort of, we're almost out of time, Um, but just to wrap up, I think that one of the things that, there's, there's, Things that you assume when you see certain phrases or or sort of programs that are like falses that are programmed into our minds, right? Like for the sunscreen is a great example of that. Like, well, I have to protect myself from the sun. True. So I, I have to use sunscreen as the only way to protect myself. Not true. But that is what the status quo is. And so it's hard to unlearn what you've already learned, especially if it's going against what most people are are doing. Yes. And so I think that it's it's hard to get out of that way of thinking, but people certainly can. And it's just 
I think it's question it. You know, yeah. like so what's popular now? Superfoods. Everybody talks about superfoods, right? So everyone's eating superfoods and getting indigestion, possibly, right? Yeah. I mean, know a little bit more. Dissect it a little yeah. bit more. Don't just take anything you know, for granted. Kinesiology. Anybody can learn kinesiology and do muscle testing to see if it's right for you. What's right for one person may not be right for you. If everybody goes on and gluten-free and you can't have, you know pasta anymore but you were raised on pasta because you have mediterranean blood in you i'm sorry you know let's really figure it out yeah i mean i i think the closer that we get to nature and the way that we eat is really better the more processed the food is every once in a while you might want a potato chip right yeah (laughs) um and and don't kick yourself for it i think we just tend to go too far extremes and we need to constantly be reminding ourselves of balance i do want to address one thing because i talked i talk a lot about antioxidants i want to talk about amalaki and kakudu and some of the botanicals that i've adopted over the last uh, even a couple years and the ones that I've adopted over the, over decades, okay? There are mer- many Ayurvedic, whether they're Ayurvedic or not. Where are they coming from? I mean, a lot of these botanicals are indigenous. When we break them down and do those gas chromatographs, we find that they have an exorbitant amount of either vitamin C, they can have omegas in them, they can have, you know, certain nutrients that are detectable, by breaking them down, okay? So that's where the science comes in. So for Benedetta, you know, you can, antioxidants, there's a huge umbrella called antioxidants and many things fall under that. I would say more like 15 years ago, all, or even 10 years ago or whatever, where everything's merging together, um, people did not have that option. Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't have a botanical source for vitamin C or vitamin E or you know everything was vitamin E was an acetate that was made in a laboratory Um, how it was made is questionable you know ours is is actually you know it's probably one of the more processed vitamin uh, antioxidants we have but it still is in it's sunflower seed and it comes um, it's a certified organic sunflower seed Um, and I'm, I'm trying to think like off the top of my head and I should have been more prepared, but you know, everything we do is botanical. So, you know, Amalaki comes to mind really easily. Um, but we have so many different ones that, you know, have to do with vitamin A, you know, carotenoids, you know, we do a carrot CO2 extract and, um, without giving too much away, um, you know, the pomegranate that we use is really um, high in different nutrients and antioxidants. Um, So, uh, you know, we address immune strength and not just the antioxidants, but other certain valuable fatty acids that really work well with the antioxidants and actually allow the uptake of those antioxidants as opposed to them just being thrown into a barrel. How are they delivered? So there's definitely a lot of science involved with the delivery of those nutrients. So to just presume that you can now purchase all these things online, and I've just given a bunch of people an idea uh, because people like to copy, but really understand the breakdown, Yeah. okay? Because the percentages matter. They absolutely matter how the body receives. It's not just about 
finding a creamy consistency, but how it's being delivered. Yeah. And uh, I think that's really important for people to know, you know, is the bioavailability coming from botanical or is it coming from a lab? I remember, this is so many years ago working at Whole Foods, I did, I was on the floor, guys, and I had this woman say, can you point me in the in a direction of organic supplements? And I just stood still. She, and I'm like, what supplement? She goes, well, I'd like a broad spectrum nutrient and I brought her over to new chapter I don't think the other guys a garden of life was around yet but um, I said well these are whole food nutrients I think he's probably using organics in that and she's like no no more like and I think she was European you know mm -hmm. she's like well what about a straight vitamin C that's just an organic source and we did not have one mm -hmm. we absolutely did not have one and I was already working with Amalaki. I was I already knew of it, and I remember thinking, okay, well these people don't break down the amount of vitamin C, but here's here's some Ayurvedic things that you can use. I think I brought her over there, and we did find some liquids that had some by virtue of what it was. It was high in vitamin C, but it wasn't sold as a vitamin C or an antioxidant mm -hmm. preparation. Um, that's changed. That's changed with good conscious companies. That has changed. You could either get them dried in capsules and you can do botanicals that are more bioavailable. I think I'll have one here. Right there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I like organic India. I think they're definitely very, very credible. Um, but you know, yeah. we're getting there. We're, we're getting into that space. So the cleaner we could eat and think the better we are. And we need each other to inspire each other. Um, but again, next one, we are going to have probably a microphone and we'd love to, probably we're gonna do an interview mm. with, I haven't asked her yet, so I won't I won't say her name. Won't promise anything, but yeah. Yeah, you know, the, but anybody who's also. listening that wants to call in and ask a question, we could have you, you know, as part of the podcast is the direction we're going in, and uh, we're going to get a, a mic, right? Yes. We're going to yeah. get a cordless mic, but we're still searching mm -hmm. for the right one. And then um, we should have that by the next time. Yeah. After yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I leave next week and then the week after. Yeah, we so, should. Have yeah. That. So spread the news if you want to call up and ask a question. Yeah, we're always or, ready. Or share yeah. something. Share your story. Share your experience. We would love that, especially with Benedetta. I mean, we hear it all the time, but we would love to hear what you, or just you know, a new nutrient that you're taking or a smoothie you're drinking or a juice that you love, you know, absolutely. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll talk to you guys next time. Hopefully some of you in person, maybe. Yeah. Um, and have a great rest of your day. So bye everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening to a chat with Benedetta. You can leave us a message on the Anchor app, and who knows, maybe Julia and I will answer your question on our next podcast. You can get social with us. Our Instagram is at Benedetta Skin, Facebook is at Benedetta Skincare, and Twitter is at Benedetta Skin. Thanks so much for listening, and we look forward to speaking with you on our next podcast.